The danger is ever-present, lest at any time. It is an exhortation to the church today, lest the seed of the word should fall on stony ground. It would bear no fruit, for the fowls of the air come and devour the seed. By careless living, the same fate that threatened the early church could befall us. For most Christians, the danger is not one of plunging back into sin, but of drifting without noticing it back into the world. Very few would deliberately turn their backs upon God and go into sin. Rather, it is a day-by-day experience of slipping farther and farther away from the Lord Jesus. To heed is to live, but to drift is to die. This is a quote coming to you from the Hebrews Commentary by Everett Fjordback. In this broadcast, we are continuing our new series entitled, A Glimpse into Hebrews. Now, in this teaching, we will continue on in our study of Hebrews while highlighting certain verses or passages characteristic of this book. Today, our main text will be found in Hebrews 2, verse 1, which says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, before getting into this message, I would like to share a few quotes from Fjordbach's Hebrews commentary. This is what he said. The currents of the world are strong. Therefore, by earnestness, devotion, and resolution, we should determine not to be swept away from our Christian convictions, confessions, and hopes. Now, let me just stop here to interject this and ask you, are you feeling that the currents of the world are strong at this time? That they are working to sweep you away from your Christian convictions, confessions, and hopes. And it's only by earnestness, devotion, and resolution that you have to be determined to hold on to the Word of God. Now, going on, with Fjordbach's uh, Hebrews commentary, he said this, Satan likes nothing better than for a person to neglect the word, God's house or Christian fellowship. This regression comes quietly, gradually, subtly, almost imperceptibly as time passes by because of our being unwise and careless about spiritual things. There is a place in the Christian walk for perseverance. A faith is needed that is firmly established on God's word that we may be securely and safely anchored in truth. And then he went on to say, the most serious crisis of all is that of unfaithfulness. It is easy to allow the pressures and cares of this world to turn our hearts and minds from our Christian responsibility to become inattentive to God's word.
careless in our relationship with God. To this crisis, the opening verses of chapter 2 are addressed. Okay, so our main text for today is found in chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, Paul, I believe Paul is the uh, writer of Hebrews. Uh, he is telling us here what's uh, the background, that the early believers were in danger of falling away from following Jesus. They heard the words of the gospel, but the words had not sunk in. And what he's doing is he's calling on them to pay attention to the truth that they had heard so they wouldn't drift away into false teaching. And uh, they were undergoing persecution at this time and under the pressure of persecution, they began to waver. They began to let go of their profession of faith made at the beginning. They became indifferent. They began to drift away from the certainty of faith in Christ alone. And so what he was doing here is he was telling them that they were to give absolute attention to the message of the Son, the Son of God, Jesus. It was a moral obligation and a bound duty to give full consideration to all that they had heard. Okay, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Therefore, he starts off, therefore, and he's saying on this account, on account of this, what is he talking about? He's referring to what was said in chapter 1. On account of this, the fact that Christ is the, uh, the so far exalted above prophets or angels, that because Jesus is superior to prophets and angels, because Jesus is immeasurably greater than the angels and the prophets. The, he's talking about the superiority of Christ on account of what has been seen of Christ's superiority, that the Son is so great and glorious a personage. He said, on this account, on account of this, therefore, we ought, we ought, and that word ought in the Greek is pronounced die. And it, what's said there, what's implied there is that necessity is needed rather than obligation. It's necessity rather than obligation. Therefore, we ought. It was necessary. It was needful. We are bound to do this. Therefore, we ought to give heed, to give the more earnest heed. And here he's saying that it's necessary that you give heed with an attentive and intent mind. It's necessary that you give heed to those things heard from the Son of God. This is not just a man speaking here. This is Jesus 
the superior one, the Son of God. It is necessary that you give more strict attention to the things relating to the glory of the person of Christ. It's necessary. Therefore, we ought to give heed. We ought to study. You ought to weigh it in your minds to hear what his words with care, candor, and deep concern. You ought to retain them and practice them. You ought to give them consider, careful consideration and obedient regard. It's implying there the turning of the mind, the thoughts, or attention upon the matter. We're talking about the words of Jesus here. It's so important that you uh, give them a careful consideration. This is not a man speaking. This is the Son of God speaking here. And so he's saying, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed. The more earnest heed, the, the attention is to be more earnest, more abundant, more excessive, super abundant. It's important what Jesus is saying, that you listen to what he's saying. It could be a matter of life or death to you. He may be trying to get a point to you, something you've been praying about. He's wanting to speak to you. It's not a time to be distracted with other things. It's a, a, a matter of paying close attention to what he's saying to you. It suggests here that there must be a concentration of attention because the message here is not spoken by angels or prophets, but it's by the Son of God, the superior one. There's the necessity of great caution in hearing his word be more earnest, more abundant, more excessive. What is inferred here also is the possibility of failing to hear or hearing amiss. When he said, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed, what's uh, inferred there is that you could fail to hear it or to hear amiss due to carelessness, not hearing what God is speaking to you because you're so distracted by what's going on all around you. There's the danger of letting go of the word of God, of not hearing what God's saying to you. You're not hearing his words of instruction. You're not getting his mind and his will on the matter that you need to hear of. The pulpit commentary said this, how prone men are to neglect the great salvation. All classes of sinners do so. The blasphemer, the infidel, the self-righteous mart, the respectable worldling, the procrastinator. Thousands of church-going people ignore the gospel out of love of the world and secret repugnance to Christ and his cross. Even believers themselves are very prone to drift away from their anchorage in the gospel verities. The early Hebrew Christians were strongly tempted to relapse into Judaism. Our besetting danger is that we allow ourselves to glide with the multitude down the swift current of worldliness 
and indifference. We need, therefore, to give the more earnest heed. Want or lack of heedfulness on the part of professing believers is a great evil of our time. Did you hear what they said there? Want or the lack of heedfulness on the part of professing believers is a great evil of our time. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We ought to give the more earnest heed. We see this throughout the Bible. It's spoken in different ways, like in Deuteronomy 32, 46. Moses is speaking, and he told the people, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day. Lay them up in your heart. Retain them in your memories. Reflect on them in your minds. Then we go to Proverbs 4, 20 to 21, where Solomon said, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Lay them up before you as your rule. View them. Review them. Let every in everything aim to conform to them. And then we see in Luke 9.44, Jesus said to his disciples, Let these sayings sink down into your ears. In other words, consider them deeply. Seriously consider them. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. And then Paul went on to say, lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, there are two pictures that are brought out in that clause, let at, lest at any time we should let them slip. The first picture is of water leaking out of a leaky vessel. Lest at any time we should let them slip. This let them slip is the total opposite of giving heed. And lest at any time what he was saying there is that we should leak out. We should, uh, the word that we heard should leak out of us as water out of a leaky vessel, a cracked vessel. You know, and many times people uh, think, you know, I've been, uh, they may say something like, I've been saved for many years. I read the Bible every day. I go to church. Uh, I listen to sermons. But there's not, not much change, not much growth, not much maturity in the faith. And you wonder, well, why is that? Why is that? Well, it could have very well be that you are a leaky vessel, a cracked vessel, that you're not, uh, you're letting the word that you receive slip out. You're letting it leak out. And it's not producing the fruit that it, it should. Matthew Henry said, when we have received gospel truths into our minds, we are in danger of letting them slip. 
Our minds and memories are like a leaky vessel. They do not, without much care, retain what is poured into them. This proceeds from the corruption of our natures, the enmity and subtlety of Satan, from the entanglements and snares of the world, the thorns that choke the good seed. Then the other picture that we get here, lest at any time we should let them slip. The picture we have is that they drift away, drift past you. The, the, the words denote uh, like a flowing or floating past anything. They drift past like a ship that a contrary wind causes to drift past its harbor so it's prevented from reaching its destination. The word just kind of floats by you. It just drifts past you. The ship of life drifting carelessly past its mooring or its harbor and its protection into the perils of world, sin, and Satan. When you, you uh, the truths, you don't allow those truths uh, to, to sink into your heart, but you allow... Uh, you let them glide by without attention or without profit. Now, in the McLaren's exposition of the Holy Scripture, I got these four points I would like to share with you. These are the currents that are fighting you as you try to hold on to God's Word. These are the forces that are continually operating on the Christian of this day. The first one is time, the current of years. You know, time changes us all. And some people professing Christians, you know, you may have started off on fire for God, in love with God's word, and uh, you just were seeking God all the time. And as time went on, you cooled down, you became lukewarm, time, the current of years. The second current is familiarity. You're, uh, you become familiar with the truth so that when you hear messages like this one that uh, I'm presenting to you or uh, sermons in church or, or you read the Bible, you think, well, I know that already. I'm familiar with that truth. I, I'm familiar with that scripture. And so this takes away from the word that's coming to you at the moment. Another current is work, the current of continual pressure of your daily cares, your anxieties, your duties. All these weaken your possession of the word of God. You have a thousand trifles of daily of your daily life all acting upon you to absorb your attention, your interest, and your effort. And then lastly, the, the force or the current is the prevalent tone of the people around you, the tides of opinion and ways of thinking. They rob you of what God's speaking to you. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. This actually is an exhortation, lest at any time we should let them slip. This is an exhortation from Paul against drifting away 
from the glorious Son of God. The literal rendering of this is, lest at any time we drift away from Christ. The pulpit commentary said, to drift away from Christ is fearfully possible. Yes, you can drift away from Christ. People who hear the gospel are drifting away from the truth. It's happening today in our society. People are drifting away from the truth. The pulpit commentary said this, Drifting away is a departure, silent, gradual, unnoticeable. At sunset, the ship is close to shore and all is safe. Without a warning, it drops into the tide and swings round and with no sound but the ripple of the water is carried down the stream to the open sea and the crew may sleep through it all. So departure from Christ may be as involuntary and quiet as that. A silent, ceaseless, unconscious, creeping back to old habits. There is its danger. Drifting away means leaving Christ without knowing it till we find ourselves far out at sea and a tide we cannot resist bearing us still further away. Now I close with the words from our opening quote from Fjordbach's Hebrews commentary. For most Christians, the danger is not one of plunging back into sin, but of drifting without noticing it back into the world. Very few would deliberately turn their backs upon God and go into sin. Rather, it is a day-by-day -day experience of slipping farther and farther away from the Lord Jesus. To heed is to live, but to drift is to die. Our time is up for today's broadcast, but I encourage you, stay tuned for our next teaching as we continue our study of the theme, A Glimpse into Hebrews. This is Connie Giordano with Walking in Truth Ministry, praying that you will walk in the truth every day of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.